Burner Phone Written by Urban Playground One Narrated by Clancy Pasta Hendrix was cruising along in the old warehouse district when he saw something silvery shining in the ground. He just had to get out of his car and see. The mystery item was a cell phone, a Samsung LX1. Now, this was something to celebrate. LX1s were $500 and change. A top-of-the-line cell phone was just lying on the ground just for me, he thought. Then he started to get scared. Why would someone leave such a high-end item on the ground? He wondered. Hendrix looked at the screen like he was checking out a girl. Oh, baby, look at your icons and large screen, Hendrix thought while ogling the phone. It had a slight scorch mark on the back. Did he smell smoke? Hendrix looked around for flames or something burning, but he could see nothing. He put the lucky find in his pocket and drove off to the meet. Hendrix is a mule for Mr. Dombrowski, Mr. D. His guys gave Hendrix stuff and he just delivered it. Yeah, it was just stuff. Hendrix knew better than to open the sealed boxes. He just picked it up and dropped it off. No names either. If the cops or rival gangs got him, he had no names to tell. Today, he did not care if they made him wait for a few hours. He had a cell phone to discover. There were a lot of pictures in the picture gallery. Coroner pictures of cars would be cool. No, it was, at first, pictures of burned buildings. Hendrix was not liking those. The next set was photos of buildings on fire. Some of them actually looked kind of pretty. Bright orange flames against the navy blue night sky, which had a nice color combo. He wondered what sort of person would take such pictures, though. The last bunch was the worst. Corpses. Burned bodies. A hundred plus pictures of bodies that had been ravaged by flames. That just made him queasy. Those pictures were just freaking gross, he thought, while trying to calm his stomach. Hendrix could not wait to hit the delete all pictures button. He could see the thugs carrying white plastic bags of the product. He opened the trunk. Hendrix reluctantly put the cell phone away. He thought he smelled something burning, but a quick look around showed no flames or smoke. After the car was loaded up, he drove away. Three hours later, the delivery was done. He spent some time doubling back and checking for tails, but there were none. At the destination, they paid him 500. Hendrix was done for the day. He had enough time to look for some action. Yeah, some free action. Hendrix was going to keep some of that money around for a bit longer. Hendrix had dabbled in becoming an artist, but it required too much discipline, and he did not really have any ideas worth painting. Talking about painting, on the other hand, was another story. The phone rang in his pocket. It felt kind of warm while it was ringing. Hendrix did not want to answer the phone unless the people calling were going to pay for the ticket. He will get back to them. The artist quarter always had a party somewhere. After he parked the car, Hendrix checked his voicemail. 
the phone number was blanked down, which made him feel nervous for some reason. The message sounded like crackling flames. He listened to it a few times before deleting it. Probably a wrong number. A nice leisurely walk netted him a party. It was up several flights of stairs. No big deal. Inside, the floral-scented candles caught Hendrick's eye first. They were placed in bowls with water at the bottom. Whoever set up this party had made sure the candles would not start a fire. Hendrix schmoozed with a few guests and had some warm beer and tasteless party food. The artwork was subpar too. The women were not bad looking. Maybe Mama Me only and her four sisters would have the night off? The cell phone in his pocket made an incoming mail chime. Does anyone else smell smoke? A skinny red-headed woman asked while she looked around for signs of fire. So far, no one could smell smoke. Sniffy Red started to do her best imitation of a scent hound. She stopped next to Hendrix and sniffed. He could see her nostrils expand and contract. This was not going to be his best party experience. It's you! She triumphantly shrilled while pointing at Hendrix. Did you get your clothes at a fire sale? Sniffy Red asked with contempt while she folded her arms under her scant bosom. Hendrix raised his hands in a placating gesture and tried to be diplomatic. Lady, you have the wrong guy. Sniffy called some of her female friends over with a jerky wave of her pipe cleaner thin arms. They confirmed that the smoky smell came from Hendrix. He had to leave. Hendrix went by his favorite Chinese takeout restaurant and then went home. Being kicked out of a party by a skinny redhead had soured his mood. He sniffed his clothes again. No smoky smell here. The evening ended with TV, sleep, and nightmares. Nightmare. Sniffy Red was throwing another party, or maybe the one she kicked him out of was still going on. A burning female hand touched the curtains lightly. The curtains went up in a sheet of flame. Hendrix wondered what was going on. Another burning hand grabbed a bottle of booze and splashed the guests. A second later, they were burning and screaming. Hendrick's waking screams blended in with the sounds of the fire engine sirens as they passed his building. His cell phone received more mail. Waking up. Hendricks was done with sleep that night. He checked out the new message. Just more pictures for his picture gallery. No pictures of cars or porn. Even a bunch of fuzzy kitten pictures would be better than this batch of flaming bodies and buildings. Of course, there was no info on who sent these pictures. The last picture was the worst. It showed a big-breasted flaming woman. Even through the flames, he could see her cheery smile or grimace. Delete this effing crap now, he thought. Dawn's early light shone on a sleeping Hendrix and his new phone. He had removed all of the previous owner's info and added new ringtones, games, and even wallpapers. 
The previous wallpaper was just too burned looking for him. The last step was to move his SIM card to the new phone. He had worries that it would not work, but the card went in with no problems. Sleep sneaked in and took Hendrix. Later in the morning, while Hendrix was eating breakfast, his phone rang. He was happy he was using his new stuff. Looks like he will have to deliver stuff to some guy out in West Island. This is going to be an all-day trip. He was still buzzed about his new phone, and maybe he could take some pictures while he was out there. The drive down to the pickup area was boring. Hendrix preferred boring to exciting. Usually, excitement is bad. The thugs that loaded the car gave him funny looks, but he ignored them. When Hendrix drove away, he thought he heard one of them ask the other one if he smelled something burning. One of the reasons he hated the trip out to West Island was that he could not enjoy the scenery. Nope, Hendrix had to watch for tails. That took most of his concentration. Most of the trip there and back would be an anxious ride through Paranoia Town. The drive to the delivery point was a blue sky, green tree blur broken up by white house blurs. If it did not show up in the street, Hendrix did not care. His attention was focused on the front and the rear window, looking for tails. Finally, he was at the delivery point. Hendrix took a picture using his phone. The guy lived in a nice light pink and white house with two levels. A green hedge blocked the view of the ocean and the rest of the building. All Hendrix could see of the house was the second floor balcony. At ground level, there was just a black gate with hedges on both sides. He honked his horn. After too many minutes, the guy showed up. Hendrix got a good look at the red eyes and shaky hands. Something about that made him more anxious. This may not turn out well, he thought. Hendrix got out of the car and confronted the unsteady guy. You have my money, right? Hendrix asked pointedly while he leaned into the guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy said dismissively and sniffled. His hands twitched so badly, it looked like he was being electrocuted. Hendrix knew for certain this guy was using, just as he knew the sun would rise in the morning. Yo, Scarface, why don't you pay me now? Hendrix asked with anger. Dealers that use usually have money flow problems, and Hendrix was not in the mood to be stiff. Fear flitted across Scarface's face. He was scared. Mr. D had little tolerance for user-dealers. Scarface reached into his pocket with a trembling hand. What the hell, man? Do you want to get arrested? Hendrix screamed at him in surprise. Even to a blind person, this would look like a drug deal. This guy was really messed up. Scarface walked into his house and motioned Hendrix to follow. Reluctantly, he followed. Maybe Scarface had a gun and it will be over with a gunshot? Scarface's house was well on its way to the hoarder's version of not-so-good homes and gardens. Empty food containers and other boxes were piled up on tables and the floor. The smell was not so good, too. 
Seems like things were rotting somewhere. Hendrix was not the neatest guy, but this was pretty bad. He lifted his foot. Did he step in something sticky? Scarface pawed through his wallet with trembling hands. He gave all of the contents to Hendrix. Hendrix counted the money. Scarface was short a hundred. You are short a hundred. You know what my fee is? Do you want me to call Mr. D? Hendrix asked with a fury. He did not want to ball up his fist, so he stuck his sweaty hands to his side. Hendrix did not like being ripped off. Scarface looked scared again and mumbled something. He looked at the floor and then back at Hendrix. Scarface took off his watch and gave it to Hendrix. The metal armband jingled in the quivery grass. It was a fine silver and black watch, but Hendrix was still annoyed. One way to attract the attention of the cops was to flash stuff that was above your income bracket. He would have to sell it to a fence, or dancing around to get his money. Today was sliding towards the toilet really fast, Hendrix thought. He took some time to scrape whatever he stepped on off his shoes. This stuff better not smell when he gets in the car. Seeing Scarface's look of hunger when Hendrix opened the trunk of his car, and helping him carry the bags in was the icing on the crap cake. Hendrix breathed a sigh of relief when Scarface's Oceanside Ranch House faded into the background. That transaction could have gone so south. Now the rest of the crap cake was going to be served up to him in the long wait to cross the West Island Bridge during rush hour. For 15 to 20 minutes, cars would just sit like they were parked, then they would move a foot and sit for another long bit. Well, at least he has some games to play to pass the time. Hendrix went to the game library on the phone. It was empty because the phone ran out of memory. He did not have to guess what was taking up the memory. He knew. More pictures of burned things. His wireless plan did not support downloads this far out. This is going to be one long, boring ride back. By the time Hendrix got home with his greasy bags of food, it was late. He deleted the pictures again and started downloading games again. This new phone is more of a pain than his old one. The fact that the games got nuked because the photo gallery was so big bugged him. Hendrix threw himself into bed. Nightmares. Hendrix was standing next to the ocean close to dusk. It seemed like a pretty nice dream. The ocean smelled pretty good, until notes of charred plastic and burnt flesh started showing up. He looked up the beach and saw a house on fire. Some guy was running towards him, screaming. It was... Scarface. While he was howling in burning agony, Scarface was making a beeline for the roaring ocean waves. Hendrix expected to see the flames being doused by the water, but no such luck. Or Scarface burned like a star even when he went deeper under the waves. The nightmare changed. Hendrix found himself at a table in a resort. This would have been a pretty cool place, but everything was on fire. 
The pool was a lake of orange flame with screaming swimmers surfacing among the burning waves. Hendrix was sitting on a hot chair. The burning metal was starting to sear his back and behind. The large-breasted woman was sitting across the table from him. She was a bluish-black corpse with a dazzling white smile. She reached under the table and touched his crotch. Pain blossomed between his legs and Hendrix howled. The nightmare changed again. He was in his apartment, and it was on fire. Hendrix was burning too. The pain was so horrible. He crawled over to his window to see if he could jump. The fire was messing up his muscles. Outside, everything was on fire. The sky was full of fire. It rained down into the street. The apartment across from his building was on fire too. The burning, big-breasted woman was there. Blue flames danced in her eyes while she smiled her bright smile at him. Reality Hendrix woke up screaming. He was so loud, his next-door neighbor banged on the wall. Eventually, the screams turned to sobs. Hendrix stumbled to the bathroom. He just had to see if he was a burned corpse. Other than having slightly pink skin, he was okay. A few seconds of confused thinking brought him to the conclusion that the new phone was responsible. It was the only new thing in his life. Hendrix was not a superstitious person. All of the weird goings-on seemed to start when he picked up the phone. Even though he really did not want to do it, Hendrix decided to go back to his old phone. He dug it out of his top drawer. The new phone was brought over to the kitchen table. I just have to open up the new phone and swap the SIM card back to my old phone, Hendrix thought. The back of the new phone was totally smooth. He remembered pressing on a button and moving a panel to expose the SIM card section. A chill raced down Hendrix's back. Now things were even more strange. The phone made an incoming mail chime. He was back to using the original chime, not the stuff that Hendrix downloaded. Hendrix wondered for a second about who could help him before he remembered his cousin, Ellen. Her knowledge of the paranormal would be useful. It was late, but Hendrix got lucky. Ellen was still home and awake. He promised to be at her house in half an hour. A feeling of relief filled Hendrix. Maybe he can fix this before things got worse. Hendrix left his apartment without the phone. He was about to open the car door when he felt a familiar weight in his left pocket. Hendrix slowly reached into his pocket and pulled out his new cursed phone. Foreboding settled over him like a too tight dirty suit. He placed the phone carefully on the sidewalk like it was wired to explode. No way was Hendrix going to think about how something that he left behind in his apartment had gotten into his pants pocket. Ellen was going to help him deal with that. Hendrix drove away. Almost there, 
just a few more blocks and he could get some help. Something made an incoming call chime in the passenger seat next to Hendrix. He did not want to look. Almost against his will, his head slowly turned. He just had to see and know. The silvery, shiny torturer was lying in the car seat next to him. Hendrix was so full of rage, he grabbed the offending item and hurled it into an alley. The phone bounced off a wall and fell into an open dumpster. He screamed, Three-pointer! Hendrix drove off. Two more blocks and he would be safe. For some reason, Hendrix smelled something burning. The last thing he saw were two eyes as bright as blue Bunsen burner flames and a smile radiant as an arc welder's torches exhaust. She embraced him and he was covered in flame. The car smashed through a wall. It hit a container of flammable substances. Hendrix screamed for a very, very long time. Two minutes earlier, Marta was scavenging in the old industrial area when she found a new cell phone. She felt that her life was going to change for the better with her new Samsung LX1. Okay, well thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, please give it a like, subscribe for more, and uh, tell yourself, hey, I just gave this man a like, and I just subscribed to his channel, and I feel good about that. Huge thanks to Urban Playground 1 for submitting his story and allowing me to narrate it for you. Of course, links to the author will be in the description, and if you'd like to support the show, I would really appreciate it if you would take a look at my Patreon account and consider pledging one or two bucks a month. That will help me so much, and you'll also get access to ad-free uh, episodes. So when an episode is uploaded, within a minute or two of it, you can go to the Patreon, see it there, and uh, except there, you'll actually be able to listen to it completely ad-free. But if not, just you subscribing, watching, maybe telling a friend about it, helps so much. I really, really cannot say how much I appreciate it. Thank you to all my Patreon, YouTube member, and Anchor supporters, and I hope you all have a great night. Cheers.